Our guest today on the uh, podcast is the head basketball coach at Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville, Brian Baroni. Uh, Brian, in the midst of coronavirus, spring 2020, uh, how are you spending your time? How are you filling the gaps of time? Well, thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, I'm doing things like this. This is, this is a good, we could do this for a few hours. I got time today. <laughs> Um, I'm doing, you know what I'm doing? I'm spending a lot of time. I'm spending a lot of time with the family. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. I have four little ones under 11, uh, my wife and, and we've just been, we've been doing a lot of that. Um, and then you take breaks and you, uh, in terms of from the household and you, you, you get stuff done, uh, for the program, uh, on a day to day, uh, whether it's recruiting, whether it's just overall program management. Um, trying to figure out, play the what if game. Uh, what if this happens? When do we do this? When do we do that? That date. So there's been a lot of thought put in. I don't know if anything's getting accomplished every every single day. Um, but that's really, I mean, that's really where it is. You want to keep your body, your mind, and your body occupied somehow every day. It's pretty strange. All that we've been all living through. It was you say that it. We're living in the exact same place. I have four little ones, all over the age of 24. So we're just exactly in the same <laughs> exactly spot. The same. Same, same exact boat. <laughs> same place. Hey, uh, you talk about maybe filling time or, or getting something done with the program, but uh, you have been really busy uh, recruiting. I mean, you have put together a recruiting class, and I want to talk about that in a minute. And, and before we started recording, we talked about this a little bit. You have had a 12-month kind of marathon mm -hmm. of getting the job, losing your father, having to start a program, plow through a season, finish, and then really almost remake the roster all in the midst of now a pandemic. I mean, you, your head could be spinning right now. It, it could be, and it is. <laughs> so, but it's, it's spinning in a way that's, uh, you know, it, it, it's fun because, uh, you know, like you said, this year has been the highest of high, lowest of lows. And about a year ago, in about a month, uh, unfortunately, uh, I lost my father. Um, and uh, a blessing was having the team that I had. And uh, those guys mean and will always mean the world to me. And uh, then to go through a season with them uh, together, um, have some uh, really good accomplishments in terms of statistical improvements, uh, some big wins, um, but also just learning and growing. Uh, laying a foundation the right way, establishing a culture. And now you go into COVID and you have to replace, um, you know, six spots. And uh, ultimately, uh, five, we had one guy signed early. And uh, in your, your biggest asset, which is, I think, our team camaraderie, our togetherness, uh, our ability to interact along with our campus and location, is taken away from you. Um, and I don't mean that in a selfish way because – um, we just lost the opportunity to, to connect physically with people and other people are going through obviously more tragic times financially and, and health wise. Uh, but in terms of my job, uh, you had to recreate how we were going to um, promote, establish uh, the future of this program. Your mantra, find a way, has been put to the test, right? I mean, as, yeah. as you're thinking about all that, man, we, we have to find a way to pull this off. <laughs> yeah, you do. You see it out there. I, I mean, it's 
it, it, it's 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 like seeing the FedEx symbol on the side of the truck. You see that little arrow in between the uh, the you know the Enax or whatever, and you can never see it. You never not see it now. But it's like find a way. You see it everywhere now. You hear it. You know, everyone's trying to find a way to get the job done, figure things out. And it's it's been something that you know I truly believe in. I really do. It, it's allowed me to get to where I am. But you do. You have to find a way to get something. Uh, uh, be creative. Find a way to get the job done. Still. Um, there's excuses left and right that you can have, and they're they're valid excuses. But you still have to find a way to get get a team put together, and and not only to just a team, uh, but the right kind of guys. What what do you think uh, was your biggest growing lesson? You know, last year, first year as a head coach at a, at a Division One school, and uh, you know, so okay, I went through a year, I learned this. Is there a top takeaway from last year? That's good. That's good. No, that's, uh, I don't know if there's a top takeaway. I would say that, um, you know, uh, uh, the biggest thing is going forward with a genuineness, um, is, was ultimately the thing that I think got you, uh, through, um, some losses, some close losses, um, situations, even within the team, they had to, uh, um, you know, figure out in, in my new role. Um, but I, I think you have to come across with a, a, a genuine heart, um, whether every decision, right? No. Um, was every intention, right? I'd like to think so. Um, and I think that that allows you to kind of, um, you know, move forward in the right way. And, and then, you know, you just got to keep building that team relationship is the other thing that you have to, uh, not never waver on. And, uh, those are two things that I think we come away, uh, as something that's very important for the future as well. When I look at the guys you've recruited with the vast amount of knowledge I have on high school recruiting, and you, and me you, both. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know much, but, but when I look at those names and some of their pedigree of what, from what I can learn, it, it seems like a good recruiting class. But before we talk about that, talk, talk about the two, three, four key guys you've got coming back. Like you said, you had to replace six players or, or whatever. So your roster is shifting. Yes. Yeah, I think, you know, you have the, the obvious one is Zeke Moore uh, in terms of senior who uh, statistically had a good year. Uh, it was great to have Zeke have a full season of basketball. He hadn't really had that in several years. Um, you know, having him come back, 6'6 um, six, six wing that, that's produced uh, a, work, you know, a workhorse. Um, you got Mike Adewumi, who is uh, definitely a guy that uh, in some of our big wins uh, had big contributing factors. You know, he'll be back. Um, uh, we didn't have him all summer last year either. He came in August. Uh, you know, hopefully we have him for a little bit of the summer uh, this year. You got the Twins um, uh, in terms of the, uh, the other end. Uh, the Twins are going to come back, uh, Shamar and Lamar Wright. I'm excited. Obviously, Shamar had a lot more court time. And then you have Cam Williams over the last couple of years who's had uh, about, about nine, ten points a game on average. And Isaiah James, who – uh, added added to that guard position as well last year. So those are the guys coming back. I hope I didn't forget anybody. <laughs> I don't think I did. If, they, if I did, someone will uh, someone will definitely uh, let me know, and rightfully so. I, I wanted to ask you about Zeke. It seems like he has been playing a long time. I mean, because he's bounced around a little bit, and yeah. and and maybe that's a big part of. Uh, obviously, he was talented and, and efficient and effective on the court, but his many different experiences um, really can be a benefit to your team. It really can be. I, you know, I just had a, a Zoom call with the team. Elichuk will easy. We can't forget about him. He wasn't on the court last year, but he's a huge part of us. Um, 
you know, Zeke, Zeke has been around different locker rooms and just like his, you know, some of our, a lot of our coaches and that experience of being different around different places, there's, you know, different ways to skin a cat, however you want to say it. But I think he has seen some successes and failures uh, through the different programs. And, you know, I, I explained to him today uh, in front of the whole team that he's a senior now and now you're not, you're not that guy kind of waiting your time or, you know, are you hesitant to let the seniors be seniors, which I don't necessarily always have to agree with. I mean, if you're, if you're a junior and it's your role to take over then, but it has to happen organically. Uh, and then sometimes with that senior title, it just, it, it becomes a little bit more uh, um, organic how, how it happens. So I think that he's, his experience is going to be very valuable to us moving forward. Um, and in your recruiting process, has the goatee been a, the brand new goatee, has it been a benefit or a liability in the recruiting process? It's been, uh, uh, you know what, it's, uh, um, I feel like I'm accomplishing something because he <laughs> grows every once in a while on one side of my face. Uh, I think all the recruits actually, other than Sean, probably never knew me prior, maybe Courtney. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, it'll be interesting. Maybe I could, uh, when this thing all, all, all gets done, I'll shave it off and it's our new beginning. Uh, I do want to talk about some of the new guys. And you mentioned Sean Taylor. Um, all state, all metro, all, you know, fill in the blank guy with great credentials. Uh, talk about him. You got him early and he is really a top drawer kind of guy, isn't he? He's a top drawer guy because the kind of person he is. The family comes from a uh, very good student, a uh, very likable young man, um, just good people around him. It's really been cool to see that because you see that on a day-to-day -day here because he's local. So I'm crossing paths with somebody that just has a Rayshon story. Uh, and, and that's really neat to see um, because he is such a, a good person. Um, and then he had a phenomenal year. He really did. I mean, we put a lot of effort into recruiting him. Uh, I, I love the fact that he believed in something that had yet to happen. You know, he committed to us really, you know, I'd had the job just for a few months, um, but he believed and he actually saw the, uh, the inside out before anyone else, the warts and all, mm -hmm. and, uh, and still wanted to come because I think he, he sees what we're about, um, you know, in our heart of hearts. And uh, then his season was phenomenal. I like to say he's a state champion, right? I mean, they, they, they didn't lose, so I told him that. Um, and, but he did it the right way uh, all year. Um, the hype was not as high as it was as the season went on. Uh, and then he kept producing. He kept producing, kept producing. Teams were coming at him left and right. He's a team guy. Um, several times he's given the ball up for game-winning shots to teammates. Several times he's knocking down free throws for game-winning shots. So holistically as a player, it was really fun to see him grow. Uh, and then more importantly, it was really as important. It was cool to see the whole community embrace him as well. When, when you're recruiting, you have all kinds of resources. What I mean is you hear about people, somebody calls you, you go to games. I mean, you're out seeing people play and Maybe you're watching player A, but player B or C catches your eye, all those mm -hmm. kinds of things. There's got to be, uh, it's probably inexact, but there's a science to this, I assume, in terms of, you know, what you and your coaching staff are doing. Is there somebody that is the recruiting coordinator or is that Brian Baroni? You know, right now it's, it, it's, it's me just because it's, um, but we do it as a staff holistically. Uh, you know, we talk as a staff, 
Um, I think part of uh, when I say me, it's because I ultimately have to make the decision on what positions you want and what you feel is going to fit with the vision that I have and my uh, experience, what I've wanted to do as, as a head coach when I was, you know, one day envisioning to have an opportunity. Um, but I have a staff that's very supportive as well. Like I'm not the one getting it all done. Um, I, you know, I think that, you know, the, the end has to end with me. And then, you know, right now, um, I have to be heavily involved because of where the program's at um, in terms of, you know, what I was hired to do. And then especially now you have to be even more involved because um, there's really no reason for you not to be the person making the, the contact. Cause like, it's not like I'm in Texas and you know, the assistant is in, you know, uh, Nebraska. Like I, you can be in Texas and Nebraska within the same hour sometimes nowadays with these zoom calls. Zoom. We all are <laughs> devoted to it now. Um, you're one of your more recent signees, uh, Desmond Polk came from, uh, the linkier program in, in Branson where Shamar and Lamar, uh, came from as well. Uh, I spoke with coach Donya yesterday or was it? Yeah, I guess it was yesterday. Yeah. Maybe it was Friday. I forget. Anyway, I had a long talk with him and, and I'm going to be putting a story up about him on our website here shortly. Um, but talk about Desmond Polk and talk about that program, what they're doing down in Branson. You know, it's so got the twins there. Shoot, it was probably this time last year, um, if not a few weeks before, something like that, where uh, I'd recruited out there several times. And uh, so getting the twins uh, last year from that program, it's it, it's 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 a program that um, it's uh, it's just a, a good good kids are produced by it. Good kids, not just players, good kids. And, uh, you know, coach does a great job out there. And it, it's pretty fun to see how the twins have really adapted to our culture uh, from where they came from. So why not, you know, go back to that same well if, um, uh, you know, you, you, especially now you have to utilize your contacts because you want to, my approach was I want to, I want to trust who we are recruiting and not saying that there are other players out there that aren't really good and couldn't help your program and aren't, aren't great kids, but uh right now you have to trust the relationships you have to trust someone else's word and so it was cool to have uh link here um have another person that we could be really heavily in, uh, involved with as well and so desmond uh comes from us from there and then i have a lot of contacts uh with him as well from uh, my days at green bay when he was at you know he's from milwaukee so desmond talk about him as a player um he's a good player he really is he's uh six four strong athletic uh, has ability to shoot but also handle the ball um, I think he's going to bring a nice uh, uh, set of skill, skill set uh, with him. Um, he is just tapping uh, the, the, the surface of where, where he's going to be. Um, and I think his potential is, uh, it's not a bad, potential to me isn't a bad thing. Uh, I think that he's um, working hard um, to, to get over that next phase of what he's going to do. Uh, get to that next phase of ways to do so that that potential is really exciting i didn't have a whole lot of potential in my day like i was, <laughs> i had a ceiling so i'm sure some people wanted better potential for me but uh he's a good strong big guard that can shoot the ball and um is going to come in uh he played at a high level uh, ever since high school coach donier has a phrase uh elevate the quo uh rather than just status quo mm -hmm. and your and your find a way kind of thing they seem to kind of mesh quite quite well yeah you know it's it's you just um you know it, it's nice to be able to just 
especially now, to have a little bit of what you feel is a head start um, because you are uh, have success at certain programs uh, in the past and um, or with certain kids from certain areas. And that's what recruiting is. It really is. So you blended, I think you have three high school guys, three junior college guys, if I'm, if I'm understanding what I've written down uh, mm -hmm. properly. And, and it's, it's, it's a constant challenge, isn't it, to have your classes all kind yeah. of lined out and balanced out. Um, but Carlos Curtis, mm -hmm. see, I'm an expert in recruiting. He is the one guy on your whole big list there that has three stars, according to one of the websites I saw. Yeah. Um, I, know, I know that most coaches don't pay attention to what those rating services say, but what makes him stand out to those other people? Well, he played at a at a um, he played at a high level out of Milwaukee in, in uh, uh, on a program uh, in a in a high level circuit of AAU EYBL, uh, essentially Nike at this high level circuit. And he played with on his teammate his teammate was Tyler Hero, who's with the Miami Heat now. Uh, I think believe he had a guy that went to Gonzaga. Um, he was just uh, in the mix uh, in front of a lot of uh, he had a lot of exposure and produced. And then, you know, that's where those star ratings come. And he went to a very good program in East Tennessee State. And you sit there and you look at it, you're like, oh, he averaged about two and a half, three points a game, didn't play a ton of minutes. Well, they just won, I think, like 57 or darn near 60 games in two years. And he's now the head coach at Wake Forest. They had a really good team. And when you're building a program with a really good team, you know, in, in theory, you know, the freshmen don't come in and just play right away. And, um, but he comes with great recommendation from that staff, which really says a lot to uh, a lot about him to me. Um, and he, so he's played at a, he's been through a college practice at a high level school for a year. He played high level competition, uh, and then he won won a lot of games at, at Triton Community College. So uh, his uh, resume is probably why it warrants the 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 star ranking. And then six six eight guy out of Canada, Mattis Mattis. I'm not sure if I'm saying his last name yeah. right. Tell, tell and, and and then a six ten guy. So you picked up some size in uh, Peppel, maybe is how I say yep. his last name. Talk to me about those bigger guys. So Big Pep, he's from um, uh, Casper, uh, Wyoming. He's originally from Seattle area. Uh, we've been recruiting him all year. Um, he was very, very highly recruited out of high school. He ended up going junior college for a couple of years. And um, he's going to really bring some size, athleticism. He's mobile, uh, long. I think he was sixth in the nation in shot blocking this year, fifth. Uh, in total blocks uh, right around there on average. Um, so I'm really excited about uh, his size and mobility. Uh, we needed to, you know, you lost um, some size. Uh, obviously, you have um, uh, Elitrupo Easy coming back, where I'm really excited about Easy, uh, but he's coming off a knee surgery. And as I would tell him, he might have more than four fouls in a game. So you need, you need, you need depth at every position or competition and things like that. And, and Pep is really going to come in and I'm expecting him to, to produce right away. Um, and then Michael from up in Canada, he's been a guy, he comes with a reputation of a blue collar, um, team first guy. Uh, he's a guy that's gonna take charges. He's a guy that's gonna make the extra pass. He's got the ability to, to step out and shoot the three, but also mix it up down low. He's, a, he's the ultimate culture team guy um, by his resume, uh, but also bringing size and skill is really nice, especially at that young age, because now you have Peppel as a junior, You'll have Easy as a sophomore. You'll have uh, Michael as a, as a freshman. So it bounces out your classes. Courtney Carter is from Chicago. How important is it for you to recruit the Chicago area? It would seem to me that that's 
you know, obviously you just want to find players anywhere, but it would seem to me that Chicago would be an important place for you guys. It is. I mean, I have relationships uh, out of Chicago. I've been very fortunate where um, I played with a ton of Chicago guys. It all started really with my dad has always recruited Chicago from Bradley Creighton, even to Texas A&M. We had Chicago guys. And when I played at Marquette, I had a ton of Chicago guys on my team and our success at Green Bay was a bunch of Chicago guys. So, um, you know, you want to always tap into those relationships and, you know, hopefully, you know, a need and a relationship fit at the same time where you bring a guy in. Um, he plays for a great coach, John Pagatti, up at South Suburban, over 400 wins. He actually played, uh, worked for my dad at Creighton. He was down at Texas A&M. Uh, um, so I, again, it's that relationship. It's that, you know, that trust, um, understanding that. I think Courtney won 59 games in two years. Um, so again, you're bringing in another winner. I got National Junior College Player of the Year, which I know is just an award, but again, it's not an award that I won. Um, I, any, any national player of the year was never on my resume. Um, but he earned it because he's a stat stuffer. He's a team guy and he won. And so I'm really excited for him. He's originally from Memphis. So it's kind of unique. He was up in Chicago for three years and down in Memphis. So, and we're, you know, we're right in the middle and we, we have, you know, recruits from both areas. When you think about going forward and you and I were talking before we got uh, started recording, we're all playing the what if game. We, when are they going to let us start to practice? Are they going to let us practice? When, when is there going to be a season? All those kinds of what if things. Uh, so I know we can't play that out too far, but do you have beyond your league schedule? Do you have some of your, uh, your non-conference games scheduled out? And if so, can you tell us about any of those? Yeah, like, so we'll return Valpo. We'll go play Valparaiso this year. Uh, we go to South Alabama. That's a return game from two years ago that was um, put on hold for a year. Uh, right now, we're planning on going back to Chicago State, uh, back to Northern Illinois. I'm still kind of figuring out the. Um, uh, I'm still uh, the inherited schedule. You're still you're still fixing. You're still uh, you know uh, returning some of those games. So you see a lot of returns right there. Uh, we'll have um, Omaha uh, is going to come here this year, and we'll eventually go back to them. Um, and I don't know if I'm forgetting somebody. I'm sure I'm, I'm forgetting somebody. Oh, Detroit comes back here. Um, so now we're working on the dates. We have some of the dates uh, locked in, but, you know, it's, a, it's an ever-changing situation. And then, you know, you're going to have a couple other road games uh, that we're waiting to see uh, where we're going to go. But, again, some of these schools that we're thinking of playing aren't sure what they can do yet. So that's really where we are. Um, and then you have your conference. I was looking at uh, some – I'm a numbers guy, so I just look at numbers a lot if I can't do anything else, you know. And um, the the OVC scheduling, the teams in the OVC, uh, having solid, strong strength of schedule schedules is not the strength of the league. And, and, that, and, I, and I know it's really difficult to accomplish that. So how does a place like SIUE figure out a way to – we got to build our schedule? You know, you, you, you do it a, a variety of different ways. And ultimately what you're doing is, um, you know, everyone's trying to figure out, you know, can they beat you, first of all. Like, they, you know, if you, when you're scheduling a game, you're scheduling a game going, okay, I think we can beat those guys. And then, you know, now you have the net rankings and, and you know, you're, you're – so now they're saying, okay, well, if we beat them, is that a good win? Um, so – Obviously, as you grow as a program and you have more success, you're more attractive. It, it's a more attractive win because um, that's how you always look at it. Like, is a team are you, like when I'm scheduled, someone can I beat them? You know, am I going to put them in a position where you're going to go in there and have some success? And you'd like to think 
um, you have an opportunity to win every game uh, as you build a program. So there's a lot of factors. Scheduling is, there's an art and a science to it that I don't think people have, uh, um, and, you know, half the insight on really how it all, all plays out. You have to really think about it. You can't do things where you're driving, flying all around the country in one year. You know, last year we were from Texas to South Dakota, back here to California, back to Chicago, back at Winthrop. We had a game at night on a Sunday and then 11 a.m. on a Tuesday uh, in two different states <laughs> last year. But again, you know, when you're, when you're you know, uh, inherit, some, inherit, inherit something, you, you, you have contracted games, you got to find a way to, to go play those games within a schedule and then you want to go win those games as well. So that's what we tried to do. It's really, I, like you said, art, form, science, you know, whatever it might be. It, I, I think it's really difficult because of a team and a league like the OVC, you're trying to both build a stronger schedule and yet you also have to try to, like you said, you've you got to try to win some games. Yeah. And such and such school doesn't maybe want to play you because you might be a threat and then they feel like they got to, it's just a, a mess. The, the whole buy game circumstance, how do you guys go about that? What are your thoughts about that when people buy games with you? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, there's a lot of reasons that it works um, for, uh, you know, uh, certain level schools because you, you have the opportunity to um, support financially. It helps uh, financial support. Um, now, right now, what's running into a little bit is like some of these games don't know what they can do because they don't know what's going to happen with football. And ultimately, football is a, a moneymaker. And, you know, where's the money coming from? You know, is football going to happen now? You know, again, that's the whole what if game. I would think that it's going to happen in some, in some shape or form. Um, uh, but it also gives you an opportunity to go in and um, uh, experience uh, pretty cool atmospheres. Um, and you also have an opportunity to go win at a pretty cool atmosphere. And uh, as you build your program, that's what ultimately um, – your, your goal is to win those games and you can't and you know and that's what we will do one of these days as we you know uh, continue to build this program the right way you were talking about some of the guys coming back and Mike at Awumi I thought uh, the times when I saw you guys play he has a lot of things in his game that you really enjoy seeing I mean he seems to be a, a real determined guy not afraid of the moment uh, tough inside and can do some things outside too. Uh, talk about him a little bit. You know, he's, he's the, uh, he, 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 he's versatile, you know, like, like you just said, he, he's, he's not afraid of the moment. Um, he's willing to knock down the big shot. Uh, had a huge shot at uh, Eastern Illinois this year, big three, but he's also going in there and he'll go snatch a rebound and tip dunk or go coast to coast. Uh, he's a versatile player. And, and, you know, that's where this game has kind of evolved to is having that versatility. Is he a four? Is he a two? Is he a three? You know, what, what is he? He's a player. And, um, you know, we had him uh, join our team in late August, I think, last year. So uh, it's nice to have a whole year under his belt um, and now, you know, come in as a senior that, uh, you know, has kind of figured out how to have some success, not only um, overall, but especially in our league. So we're excited to have Mike back. I think he's going to really help us and have a big year. And there were times last year when Shamar was really, really good. And, mm -hmm. and he obviously played a lot more than Lamar. Uh, where do you see those two guys? How, what's their What's their next step for both of the Wright brothers? You know, what was really cool is that you know on the court, um, people saw Shamar grow. Um, they they deemed him as he's getting better. He's he's really growing up, um, and he did. He did a great job. 
Um, I think the roster was uh, conducive for him to get the opportunity sooner um, on the court. But their rate of progression was really similar on a day-to-day, which was, you know, twins or not, like as a freshman, it was really cool to see both freshmen every day stuff started happening, started clicking, the light started coming on more and more and more. And as much as Shamar got the opportunity on the court, Lamar was doing the same progression behind the scenes. His, his position probably uh, affected, his strength was a little bit more affected by his, his position because, you know, he would have to be a little bit more physical as a four or five, the kind of where he is uh, offensively in his game. Shamar could kind of uh, utilize his length and um, ever-growing strength. Uh, on the perimeter a little bit more. Um, but they both really progressed well. And you saw a little bit towards the end of the year, uh, I was trying to find ways to play Lamar more and get him opportunity. And he, cause he did good things when he went in there and, you know, you look back on it, could he have more opportunity? Absolutely. Um, but his day to day never wavered. Uh, so his growth was, was really good to see behind the scenes as well. Coach Donier said, uh, Lamar is a clean Rodman. <laughs> it's a nice way of saying it. <laughs> I'd hate to see a dirty Rodman. That'd, that'd, that'd be a whole nother level of humor. Um, you know what, what Lamar does? It, 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 it's a good, I understand what he's saying. He's a, he's a high motor kid. He's selfless. Um, I mean, you'd see on the bench if Shamar or somebody's hitting a three, uh, Lamar's over there acting like he's making it too. Like he, he, he's a selfless young man. And, you know, Rodman's game would, would warrant that kind of description as well. Um, he's always around the ball. He's always around the rim. He's keeping it active. Uh, and he has a motor that doesn't stop. So, um, that, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good way of saying it. I like that. Coaches all over are – I mean, coaches are different. Each man is his own guy. Um, and, and, I, and I always believe them but don't always believe them, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like, they'll say you, tell you something – and I believe that they're saying that, but they might be uh, hedging a bit. And, and I think that's okay. What I mean is they don't have to tell me all their secrets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, they're, but they're all different. They're all unique. Um, some coaches I talk to and I say, hey, what do you think about your league this year? And they'll say, I, you know, I don't even pay attention to the other teams in the league. I don't know who's coming. It's all about my team. Some coaches are like, oh, yeah, we've all scouted all the same kids. So I know who's coming in. And I... Where do you fit in maybe that those the kind of extreme wings? You know, I, I, I would say I don't see I don't I don't go look to see what the other teams are doing, but I'm very aware when I come across it. Um, I mean, you'd be naive. I mean, to me, I think you you have to be aware of what your competition is and you know what you're um, not just in recruiting, but you know in, in in games and just culture and how things are done and you you know you're you're observing, you ask questions. Because uh, every, everything's intertwined here. There's somebody that's connected to every program somewhere, it seems like, that, that you know. Um, but I'm not one that follows everyone else's Twitter page. And, you know, I see someone uh, offered a guy, and all of a sudden I'm like, hey, let's go recruit this kid. Or I'm not saying, like, hey, they just did this on uh, social media. Let's do something like it. Now, I do think, like my dad used to always say, there's only one guy that ever invented basketball, so you're stealing from everyone else. So if you see a good idea, like that's that's something that you do, and um, whether it's a team in your league or outside the league. But I, I would say I'm probably in the middle. You know, I'm aware um, uh, because that is your competition. When you uh, look at your team, tell give us uh, 
thought we're we're at whatever level what what's our trajectory what's our ne- what are our next set of kind of aims or goals i think what we need are the next set of goals is i mean you obviously always want to win more games like i'm not afraid to say that i'm not acting like that's not the ultimate goal you play to win the game um i think the uh, uh the you'd like to see um uh, the growth in the close games you know we lost uh, eight games by six or less this year, seven in conference, uh, one Northern uh, Illinois. And like, it's not like it was a nine point game and we hit a three at the buzzer to cut it to six. I mean, it was a one possession game going into that last 30 seconds. And uh, uh, being a, a coach, you obviously look at, you know, what can I have done? You know, you always look at that. Uh, well, you should. And, um, but you also are like, okay, now you have guys that were in this position eight times. And actually we won other games too that were close games. So it was more than eight times. Um, and you want to put those guys in position, like you just got to, you know, explain, like just grab that one ball with 30 seconds left and you're up one, you know, make that one free throw. It's a four point game or a three point game instead of being down only up two. And then they hit a three. Um, there's so many different things that you want to learn in those close games. Uh, I'd like to have, uh, more wins in those close games, uh, realistically, um, or wins in more uh, bigger win <laughs> point spread games. Um, but that's, that's important. And I think our overall attitude and effort uh, needs to uh, continue to progress in the right direction. Um, you know, a lot of guys were demanded to do something that they had never been asked here before. Uh, we had some seniors that were held accountable in a different way than they've ever been held accountable on and off the court. Um, and I think uh, ultimately their ability to show up every game and really be in every game, a point differential, from two years ago to the last year was, was about 11 to three. So that means that you weren't getting blown out. Um, that doesn't, that's not like my selling point all the time, but you did move progressively in the right direction. Statistically, there was eight or nine uh, statistic t- uh, categories that we were significantly better in. You went from last in the league to uh, three, four, first even in you know, different field goal, defensive field goal per- percentages and rebounding and things like that. So you want those statistical categories to continue to grow as well. Um, and we have all that mapped out with our guys um, because now we have, um, you know, we have some substance that we as a team were, and now you need to grow on from, from our team last year to, to our team this year. Is there a is there a team in your league that you kind of say, boy, we can kind of follow their map, their blueprint? I mean, I know you have to have your own style and your own thing, but is there a program out there you think, okay, obviously Belmont's been great forever, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying, is there a program you look at and say, okay, try not to sneeze, can we kind of <coughs> follow their blueprint? Bless you. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, when you talk about following a blueprint from afar, you don't necessarily know what their blueprint is. Um, and so, um, you know, if you say uh, an Austin P. or Murray State, because they're typically uh, in Belmont, have been uh, the last few years very successful. Um, you know, I think what you that, – that's not a knock on Moorhead or Eastern Kentucky or whatever the case may be. I think what you want to do is uh, you want to follow the blueprint of consistency. So you look at those teams that have been consistently towards the top of the league and why they're consistent. Not necessarily uh, Belmont plays one way, Murray plays another way, and Austin Peay plays another way, and Jacksonville State. So you look at all of that, I think what you ultimately have to do is why are they consistent? You know, what, what did they do that made them consistent? And what are we doing uh, to become more consistent? And I think when you're able to coach a team, the easiest thing to coach is consistency, in my opinion. 
If I know you're going to go out there and give me eight points and six rebounds every single game, I can manage that. I can coach around that. I can, I can game plan. If you're going to get me 18 and 10 one game, and then you might get me two and zero the next game, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a gamble at times. And obviously as a coach, you want to bring that uh, consistency out of those guys that are you know, 18 and 10 is pretty good. So you're going to roll the dice a little bit with 18 and 10, but the, um, but if you can get, become a consistent program, um, that's what you want to look at and take from the, the successful programs in, in, in this league and other leagues as well. Uh, before I let you go, the NCAA is talking about name, image, and likeness, free agent transfer one time. Yeah. How, do you, how do you think that affects uh, a program like SIUE and a league like the OBC? Either of those or both? You know, I, I would say the one thing um, in terms of like the transfer uh, uh, situation is it's, it's eliminating, uh, uh, again, a consistency. Um, it's eliminating a fan consistency potentially. Um, you know, you're putting so much, uh, uh, you know, how a kid could have a great, some great success, play really well. Um, you know, you have to have a great relationship as a player and as coach. Um, but now the option of potentially uh, making that decision to move on right away um, is daunting, you know, because it's my job to get those guys. You know, you want guys that are like, why is he there? You know, why, why is he there? Why is he, man, he, you know, they should have, they should have been, you know, they just beat, you know, the Bulls, you know, why didn't the Bulls recruit him? I'm not going to say any college teams. So the, um, but the, and then all of a sudden the Bulls come and take him. It's like, oh yeah, we screwed up. Let's try taking that. Now you, you, you know, you, human nature is like, okay, you know, the, the young man and the family understand that, you know, they had success because they came to the right place. And that is true to a certain extent, but there's also that, that intrigue and that there's a lot of other factors that come into that. So I, I do uh, fear that consistency because I do believe that we're a player development program. I think our guys are going to get better and I think you're going to win. And, you know, when you have a winning product, uh, it's an attractive product. Um, so that's going to be really interesting to see how they, how that, how that handles out. I think it's going to change recruiting. It's going to change how you, you know, you know, do you, do you develop the youngsters uh, at a young age? Do you go get uh, transfers? Do you go get junior college? There's so many different things that are uh, going to be different philosophies. And then the name, image, image, and likeness. I mean, I get the concept of it. Um, I think it's going to affect, uh, you know, the non-power fives in a different way because um, financially, uh, again, you're dealing with uh, that ability of for someone to say, hey, I can do this for you over here, um, especially if you just produced for a few years at this other place. Now you're almost enticing them with something different other than just opportunity for basketball. Um, so it, it, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of it just because it's new um, and because of what I just said and because I'm sure I would have been making millions off my name image, image and likeness when, with my 2.3 points a game and, and 1.8 rebounds or whatever. I, what I, I And I only add the 0. 0.8 and 0. 0.3 just because it sounds better. It was probably less than that. <laughs> well, when I compare the when I mess those two things together, so you have player X at small school Y, and he has a one great year or whatever, and then big school whatever can poach him in one year. Maybe that's the wrong word. Poach seems negative, but um, and promise him commercials at the car dealership. Wow, <laughs> I mean that's that that is a big that's a big thing that strikes against so much of just maybe the way I grew up watching basketball. Yeah, like, exactly. 
it, it's just so different and it's so, um, you know, it takes away from just what we know. And I get it. You know, I'm not knocking on the, uh, the opportunity. Uh, I get the, the financial uh, impact that these student athletes have. Um, I respect that. Uh, I don't think that, you know, I think they're coming in here. I tell my guys all the time, I'm like, listen, like I'm offering you a scholarship, but you're also offering to play for me. This is a partnership. You know, I'm your coach, you're the player, but it's a partnership. It's not like I'm taking my, the scholarship money out of my pocket and paying your, paying your scholarship. That'd be probably an NCAA violation anyways, <laughs> but the, um, but they also are agreeing to do something for us this school. So I do get the, I get the concept and the argument behind it. I just, I guess I don't know, um, I don't know how it's going to work. Um, and, uh, but as in, you know, we didn't know how this last, these last two months were going to work. And you, uh, you go, you find a way to get it and get the job done and move forward. I just always find these rule changes are all about six or seven conferences. Yeah. And not the other 25 conferences. <laughs> and, and then the rest of you guys have to figure out how does this work for us? Cause they made that rule for those guys. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And you know, it's, um, I get the NCAA has, uh, um, a, a tall task, you know, they're trying to make, uh, it fair while also, um, you know, growing. And as it grows, it's not always fair. And, uh, it, it's, it does. It, it, you know, it's the, you feel like the haves and the have nots and, and you know, where, where I've been at the luxury over as I got older as a coach, um, you voice your opinion, you, uh, you know, you work within the parameters that you're given and then whatever's thrown at you, go work your tail off and, and figure it out. Listen, I appreciate you taking time. I, I literally could sit here and talk with you for hours. I, I <laughs> you know, if, I, if I have to, if we end now, I have to go home and probably I'm trying to think right now, it's my <laughs> daughter's hopefully getting up from a nap and uh, we'll be on our third or fourth walk of the day. So, uh, <laughs> so that's what I'll be doing here in the next few hours. Well, listen, I really do appreciate your time and, and you're in our prayers. I know it's just not been an easy year. Um, and, Thank and yet we're super excited about what you're building there. I, to me, as a college basketball fan, the fact that Travis is doing a pretty, you know, really good, decent job at building SLU and, and you guys are, are moving SIUE in the right direction to have, uh, you know, the two programs in our St. Louis metro area, both on the rise, just makes it more fun for the rest of us. Yeah. No, it, it, it's, no, I appreciate you saying that. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. I mean, we're coaching basketball. Like I say that before every game, I'm like, coaching basketball guys like you know that's that's a heck of a lot of fun and if we do a good job at it which we will it's gonna be a heck of a lot more fun and i think the uh, the entire community will really embrace it appreciate your time that's brian baroni you've been watching and listening to our podcast on valley hoops insider podcast thanks for your time uh today brian baroni wish you the best thanks you as well thank you <laughs>